Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by Billy Mills Orchestra and the King's Men. The show opens with Sing My Heart. same old problem that hits us about this time every year, trying to remember to write 1943 instead of 42. May I suggest one easy way to help you remember? Take a pencil and paper and write this sentence down ten times. This year, 1943, I will take better care of the things I have. Now, if you want to make the sentence complete, you can add with genuine Johnson's wax. It's true, if you'll wax your floors, furniture, and woodwork regularly during 1943... You will be giving them real protection against wear and dirt at almost negligible cost. And you'll be saving yourself many hours of work, besides adding to the beauty and cleanliness of your home. Housekeeping authorities call this protective housekeeping. And remember, there are 100 extra labor-saving uses for Johnson's Wax in your home. Window sills, leather goods, lampshades, Venetian blinds, and many others. Tonight, we offer you a rare piece of Americana. A picture of a plain American citizen too full of his wife's good dinner to squawk about the new taxes. Too contented with his Christmas cigar to criticize MacArthur and Eisenhower. Too comfortable in his slippers and shirt sleeves to gripe about rationing. And just too, too satisfied with his own status quo to worry about anything at all. So, before this beautiful scene fades... Quick like a bunny rabbit, let's join Fibber McGee and Molly. Ah, Molly, that was really a dinner you dished up tonight. I don't know how you can be so beautiful and be such a good cook, too. (laughs) Ah, stop it, McGee. That was a very ordinary dinner. That was the finest feed I've flung a fang into in many a moon, baby. (laughs) And for another thing, this is the best cigar I ever smoked. Where did you get it? Got it for Christmas. Got a whole box of them. From whom? Cousin Waldorf. Found it in the mailbox. 
Who on earth is Cousin Waldorf? I never heard of him. You didn't? Gee, I, I, I thought he must be a cousin of yours. I never heard of him either. <laughs> well, who was it addressed to? Well, the tag just says, To Stinky from Cousin Waldorf. <laughs> I naturally thought it was for me. Why, Fibber McGee, those were left here by mistake. Neither of us has a cousin, Waldorf. Well, we have now. Whoever he is, I hereby adopt him. Anybody that can pick out a cigar like this can be a cousin of mine. <laughs> ah, do I feel wonderful. Look at the way these slippers fit. Snug in the heel and room enough so as I can wiggle my toes. Oh, my. I hope nobody comes in tonight and wants to borrow a million bucks because they could have it. See, what's in the, uh, those cigars besides tobacco? <laughs> Don't worry, I just feel good. You certainly all. do. Yeah. And it isn't normal. But while you're in this genial mood, suppose you tell me uh, what you want done with that blue pinstripe suit in the hall closet. I ain't worn a blue pinstripe suit for years. Must be an old one. Give it to somebody. Oh, I hate to give it away. It's in wonderful condition. All old clothes look in wonderful condition till you try and wear them. The moss have probably been using that suit for an aircraft carrier. <laughs> Say, there isn't a moth hole in it. It's as good as new. Though it looks a little large for you now. All my clothes are getting too big. Why, I've been cutting down on butter and sugar and walking so much, I'm losing my businessman's bulge. <laughs> well, the world's getting smaller every day, dearie. No reason why you shouldn't lose your little globe. <laughs> oh, I don't... Hey. What? You've been talking about buying a new suit. Yes, but I bought some more bonds instead now. We mustn't buy anything we don't need, you yeah, know. Yeah, but you need a suit. Look. You can have that pinstripe one. You can have it cut down to fit you for 10 or 15 bucks. Oh, no. And I must have paid at least 47.50 for it when it was new. I've been with you every time you've bought a suit since we were married, McGee, and 37.50 is your top price. Well, I was counting the 10 bucks I always save by walking upstairs. <laughs> See, you remember the last suit you bought, that shark bone herring skin? You mean shark skin herring bone. All right. <laughs> But remember how the man talked you into buying it because a mandolin went with it? <laughs> he never talked me into any no such a thing. I had my choice between the mandolin and a Pepper Martin baseball bat. <laughs> well, you should have taken the ball bat. You never got the first base with the mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I didn't at that. I turned out to be a kind of a falsador. What's a falsador? That's a troubadour that went sour. <laughs> Don't you get it, Molly? Troubadour, falsador. Uh, That's a play on words. Ain't funny, McGee. It ain't, huh? Wait till I see that skeleton. <laughs> I paid him two bucks for that. Anyway, you take that suit and have it made over for yourself. No, McGee, I hate to do that. You might want it again, Oh, Harry. forget it, Molly. You deserve it, Molly. You've been a good kid. Now, go ahead. Call up my tailor. What do you mean, your tailor? You never had a tailor-made suit in your life. He's still a tailor, even if he only sets the buttons over, ain't he? <laughs> anyway, his sign says tailor. Here, give me the phone. Oh, now, McGee, you're too impulsive. Let's not... Impulsive, my clavicle. You deserve the best there is. If I had the time, I'd raise some sheep and clip them and weave you a all-wool suit with my bare hands. No. <laughs> you spin enough yarns for the house of Kuppenheimer as it is, dear. <laughs> Here, here's the phone, but I still don't Quit think... Quit you now. You're going to be the best-dressed woman in town if I have to make over all the old, old clothes I got. <laughs> Hello, operator. Give me Threadbomb the tailor next door to Mert. Is that you? Oh, dear. How's every little thing, Mert? It is, eh? What say, Mert? Your nephew. 
Well, he should have known that the Book of the Month Club couldn't do that. What did he want them to do? Send him a new A book every 30 days. <laughs> What's that? Okay, connect. Hello, Thread Bomb. This is Trevor McGee speaking. Hey, do you cut down men's suits for women? Huh? Oh, is that so? What did he say? He says he couldn't cut one of mine down for more than three women. Oh. Now, look, Thread Bomb, how late do you open? Okay, we'll be right over, Thread Bomb. That was Thread Bomb. Come on. Get your hat and coat and the suit, and I'll put my shoes on, and we'll get right over there. Did we ever start to go anyplace that the doorbell didn't ring? Oh, it just seems like that, dearie, because if we've already gone, we don't hear it ring. Come in. Hello there, Abigail, darling. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? Well, Uppy, if you ain't a sight. What? For sore eyes. Oh. Have a chair, Uppy. Take two. They're so small, and you're so... McGee. Abigail, we're not going out for several minutes yet. Oh, I won't delay you, my dear. I merely wish to inquire if you had a pair of ice skates I could borrow, with shoes attached, of course. Ice skates? Well, freeze my lagoon and call me Sonia. <laughs> I'm sorry, Abigail. I have some, but I don't know where they are, but I look for them tomorrow. Oh, thank you so much. I start skating lessons Thursday, and I don't wish to buy skating shoes until I'm sure I shall continue. What size shoes you wear, Abby? Oh, of course, one must allow for heavy wool stockings, you know. Oh, and, yes, um... of course, Abigail, but what size shoe do you oh, wear? Well, doesn't one wear a larger ice skating shoe than one's ordinary size? I should think that allowing for proper circulation, one what should have... What size, Abby? Um, my instructor told me to get them as large as possible so that yes, I... Yes, um... what size? Uh, because at first, with the unaccustomed <laughs> exercise... What size? Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. You ever do any skiing before, Uppy? I I am not skiing, Mr. McGee. I am skating. The size threw him off, Abigail. And I'll call you as soon as I find them. Oh, what you kidding her along, Molly? You wear a five and a half shoe. How can she squeeze those landing barges of hers? McGee! (laughs) Abigail's big feet are no concern of yours. (laughs) From whom are you taking lessons from, Abigail? Oh, from the same instructor Mr. McGee had two years ago. Gee, honest, he remember me, Eppie? Oh, he does indeed, Mr. McGee. I was a good pupil. Yes, he said you were the only skater he ever knew who could make a figure eight the way you did. What way was that, Abigail? Well, Mr. McGee would make a two with the left foot, a five with the right foot, and a figure one 20 feet long with his head. (laughs) (laughs) And that added up to eight. I guess I was pretty good at that. When I was a kid back in the... He also said that Mr. McGee must have had muscles of iron. Oh, my goodness. I never realized... Because otherwise they couldn't have gotten so rusty between lessons. (laughs) Oh, that was just... And furthermore, he said Mr. McGee should take up hockey. Hockey? Hockey. Say, you've got to be pretty good on skates to play hockey. He said it would give Mr. McGee a chance to skate and carry a cane at the same time. Goodbye.
Where is this tailor shop, McGee? Right down the street here, but don't hurry. I want to finish this cigar Cousin Waldorf sent me. I'll bet these cost two bits a piece if they cost a nickel. <laughs> you know, I still can't think who Cousin Waldorf is. I'm sure he's not on my side of the family. Well, anybody that sends cigars like this can be on my side. I'm glad I got one. Uh, excuse me, lady. Hey, buddy, can you spare a half a buck for a little liquor? No, I can't. <laughs> and you ought to be ashamed. Yeah. Well, I don't know why, lady. Fifty cents will buy five war saving stamps. I thought you wanted it for a little liquor. Oh, that's me kid brother. He'd rather lick a war saving stamp than a lollipop. Gee, thanks, mister. <laughs> well, here's the tailor shop, Molly. Well, I'm glad we're here. This suit box was getting pretty heavy. Oh, you should have told me. I'd have carried it a little ways for you. <laughs> Come on. Happy New Year to both of you, one and all. <laughs> Red bomb, old man. Remember me, Trevor McGee? Certainly, McGee. How could I forget an old friend and a customer who still owes me three dollars twenty-five cents for repairing an overcoat in October? So, what could I do for you, please? Oh yes, we came here. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Threadbomb. This is my wife, Molly. How do you do? I'm sure. Uh, you know, my husband thinks this old suit could be cut down to fit me. Well, what could we lose by looking at it? Mmm, a nice fabric. How's the material? Fabric is material, McGee. I see. It's a very nice piece of goods, Maggie. It's a shame to cutting it up for a mere trifle like twelve fifty. So let's make it uh, fourteen ninety-five, huh? It's twelve fifty or nothing. Who makes anything or nothing? Twelve fifty it is. McGee, hand me my tape measure, huh? Please. I, I don't see any. Standing in the corner. That's a yardstick. So everything is frozen now. <laughs> Even tape measures. Uh, stand still, please, Mr. McGee. Back a dozen and a half. Shoulder two by the hips and drop the armhole for 12-inch hand lapels as is. Only taking five inches on the voice. Basting 14. Better make it 15. Okay. Narrow cuff piece with the best two-button style. Allow for left shoulder a trifle up. Keep the swing natural. Shoulder skirt 16 inches. Fill out the collar so it shouldn't grow pockets on the side. Can you come and toss me for a fitting? <laughs> What say, bud? Well, he wants, he wants me back Thursday for a fitting. Yes, I can make it, Mr. Threadbomb. Good, good, good. Oh, this was a beautiful suit, Maggie. Oh, my. Mm, good tailoring. Mm, it's a pleasure to work a fabric like this. <laughs> it seems to be. Now, let's see, Wellington, old man. That'll be $12 and a half plus the three and a quarter I owe you. That'll be fifteen seventy-five. Is that right? No, sixteen and a quarter. How's that? When you pay cash, there's a slight additional charge. <laughs> what do you mean, an additional charge? You ought to give a little discount for cash. Look, cash means no bookkeeping. Huh? No bookkeeping means I got nothing to do Saturday night. Yeah. So Saturday night, I go to a moving picture. Who's paying for that? Me. <laughs> $16 even and sit in the balcony. It's a deal. Thirsty, <laughs> Mrs. McGee. She'll be here, Threadbomb, and do a nice job. The best is none too good for my wife. Ah, oh, now, McGee. McGee, I'm building a suit that uh, Lucius uh, Bibi is making at with goo-goo eyes. <laughs> I'm making a suit... That... Excuse me, please. Threadbomb the tailor on pins and needles to the order a suit. <laughs> Who's it, please? Oh, Mr. Adolf Menzu. Oh. Just a minute, Mr. Menzu. An old customer. 
See you Thursday, Missy Maggie. Okay, come on, Molly. Let's go. Did you hear that, McGee? Adolf Manju, the best-dressed man in the movies. Yeah, and Threadbomb rang that telephone bell with his foot. I saw him step on the button. But don't worry, he's a good tailor. I mind one time he made well, a super... Well, hello there, folks. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Have a cigar. And a cigar, what I mean. Got him for Christmas. Oh, then this isn't one of your usual brand. And what's the matter with my usual brand? Oh, Nothing. But I imagine if a polecat smoked cigars, those would be the kind he'd give the boys when Mrs. Polecat had a baby. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you, my fine-haired friend. Oh, now, if... stop it, McGee. I'm getting a new suit, Mr. Wilcox. A beautiful pinstripe. The tailor's making it from one of McGee's old suits. Well, that's great, Molly. Uh, what's he doing with the material left over? Make slip covers for the car? <laughs> ah, go on, Junior. You can't make me mad tonight. I feel too good. <laughs> Had a fine dinner, been smoking the best cigars ever had from a cousin Waldorf I never heard of, <laughs> ordered Molly a new suit, and I hear they're going to ration spinach. Ah, <laughs> uh, everything is rosy. You know, you look pretty contented yourself, Mr. Wilcox. Well, I am, Molly. One of my Johnson Wax customers told me to get out of her house and never come back. What? You got through out? Well, no, not exactly. She just said I'd insulted her is all. Why, Mr. Wilcox, I never would have thought. Oh, she was just kidding. She said I'd insulted her intelligence by a Assuming that she didn't know all the hundreds of uses for Johnson's mm. Wax for floors, furniture, and woodwork. Oh, my. She said she'd been using Johnson's Wax in her house before I was in rompers. And if any young pup thought he could tell her any use for it she hadn't already discovered, he was mistaken. Because she'd brought up a large, healthy family with her Johnson Wax housekeeping, and she knew there was nothing like it to seal surfaces against dust and dirt and dampness. She must have threw you out awful slow to tell you all that. <laughs> Well, well, it's a pleasure to be tossed out of a place with an accompaniment like that, pal. But hey, uh, what's this about Fibber's cousin Waldorf? Well, I don't think he's got one, Mr. Wilcox, and I know I haven't. Somebody left a box of cigars in our mailbox, Harlow. Says from cousin Waldorf. What was I supposed to do? Scour the town for him? Drag out the throw net? It's throw out the drag well, net. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Waldorf is an unusual name. If I hear of anybody like that, I'll let you know. Well, thanks for the cigar, Fibber. Fine. Let me know how that cigar smokes, Harlow. Oh, I never smoke them. I grind them up and put them in my pipe. See you later. Hey, did you hear that, Molly? Hear what? He grinds up cigars and smokes them in his pipe. Why, that's primitive. He ain't civilized. Any guy who'd smoke a two-bit cigar in a pipe would put ketchup on ice cream. I bet... Hey, where are you going? I'm going in the drugstore here to get a fashion magazine. I want to get an idea of some accessories to go with my new suit. I'll be right out, dearie. Okay. <laughs> ah, she's a good kid. Really thrilled about that new outfit. But she deserves every old suit I got. <laughs> What's it to me if I... Hi, mister. Hi, kid. What's it to me if I... Oh, hi, sis. I didn't realize that was you. It is, though, Richard. Yeah, hey, ain't it kind of late for you to be out on the street? No. Huh? No. My daddy's in the drugstore, and I'm waiting for him. Oh. He's getting some cigarette lighters. Cigarette lighters? Mm -hmm. Forget to buy a few Christmas presents? No. Huh? Hmm? What's he getting cigarette lighters for? Oh, gee, he's been buying hundreds of them, mister. But why? 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 You won't tell? I won't breathe a word to a soul, sis. Promise? Yeah. Give me the inside windshield on this now. Okay. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. he buys a lot of cigarette lighters, and he has the drugstore man fill them up. Uh-huh. And then he gets home, uh -huh. and he takes the cotton out of them, uh -huh. and squeezes the cotton into the gasoline tank in his car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then, then he throws the empty cigarette lighters on the scrap pile, see? Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty expensive transportation, sis. He must be paying around 500 bucks a mile. Oh, no, we don't drive anyplace, mister. That wouldn't be patriotic. Well, then why put all that stuff in the gas tank? Well, gee, every couple of nights my daddy says, well, who wants to go for a little trip? And everybody says, I do. And then... Now, 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 wait a minute, sis. First you tell me you don't go anyplace in your car, and then you tell me well, that... Well, gee, every... I'm trying to tell you, mister. Well... I'm trying. Mm-hmm. We don't go anyplace. Our car even, hasn't even got any wheels on. Oh. It's up on wooden blocks. Well, then how can your father take you for a ride? He doesn't. But you just said he did. I did not, I bet you. No. Hmm. No. I just said he asked us if we wanted to go for a ride, and we all say yes. Yeah, and then you... Uh, I wish Ellery Queen had come past this corner. <laughs> now, look, sis, how can you go for a ride without any wheels on your car? Well... We all get in, and Daddy starts the engine, uh-huh. and we got a moving picture machine on the front seat, uh-huh. and a screen up on the garage wall, uh-huh. and gee, last week we went to Yellowstone Park, and, and the week before that we went to South America, uh-huh. and once we went on a trip so long that... So long what? So long, mister. <laughs> The King's Men sing Hitch Old Dobbin to the Shea again. Hitch Old Dobbin to the Shea again. You won't use the car anymore. Old Dobbin remembers its shady lane. When Mom and Dad went spooning, they led the honeymooning. Hitch Old Dobbin to the Shea again. Open the old barn door. When Grandpa went courting with Grandma at night. They hitched up old Dobbin and, and they did all right. So hitch old Dobbin to the Shay again. You won't use a car anymore. You'll have a happy new year if you hitch old Dobbin to the Shay again. You won't use a car anymore. The old village blacksmith is back again. The super service for us. Oh, thanks, Mom. Ah, you're the sweetest man. Uh, Give me that suit of yours. Ah, forget it, baby. Glad to do it. I never liked a pinstripe suit very much myself anyway. Makes me feel like I was in a cage. 
Oh, I like them. Mm-hmm. I can hardly wait to get it from Mr. Threadbaum. You know, it nearly broke my heart to see him rip it to pieces. Good little tailor, that Threadbaum. I had an old checkered vest once, and he put some chamois sleeves into it for me. Made a wonderful sport jacket. Why didn't you ever wear it? Can't. It, it don't fit good. It was, a, it was a vest I had in my college days, and I've grew a little since then. Your college days? Sure. You remember when I was taking that correspondence course in short story writing? From the New York College of Journalism and Electrical Engineering? Used to wear my sport jacket down at the post office and back every day. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Used to wear your hat turned up in front and smoke a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever complete that course? No, I had to give it up. I couldn't keep the pipe lit. <laughs> hey, you know what would look smart with that suit when you get it? I think if you... Come in. Telegram for Mr. McGee. I'll take it, bud, and here's 35 cents for yourself. Gee, thanks. Don't forget to give this telegram to Mr. McGee. This is Mr. McGee, son. It is. And he gave me 35 cents? I guess those other messengers don't know what they're talking about. Thanks, mister. <laughs> Say, you better give up smoking those expensive cigars at Cousin Waldorf's theory. Why? You're getting delusions of grandeur. Hmm. Who's the telegram from? Let me see. Oh, it's from Wallace Wimple. Ah, little Mr. Wimple. I've really missed him around here. What does he say? He says, we'll be home next week. Miss Sweetie Face terribly. Hope she misses me, too. If she does, her aim isn't what it used to be. <laughs> Regards, Wallace Wimple. Imagine that, Molly. It'll be nice to see the little twerp again, won't it? Yes. I hope he's all healed up by now. <laughs> uh, what were you... Ah, uh, who's that? Let me peek. Uh-oh. Huh? Uh-oh. It's that Mr. Tolliver, the man who moved in the house down the street. wonder what that big blowhard wants. Every time I see that guy, I want to cancel my good neighbor policy. <laughs> Heavenly days, he's impatient, isn't he? Come in. Oh, so there you are, you nasty little jip artist. Thought you could get away with it, didn't you? What are you talking about, Tolliver? You big noise and a small character. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You thought it'd never be traced, didn't you? Come on, come on, where is it? Where is what? And keep your voice down to a bellow, if possible. <laughs> Where's my blue pinstripe suit? <laughs> Your blue pinstripe suit? Yes, 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 yes. My blue pinstripe suit, my tailor left it here by mistake yesterday, and I can prove it. Oh. You'll either give it back or pay me 125 bucks, McGee. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Now, you don't mean I... It is. Oh. I, I... oh, this is a terrible mistake, Mr. Tolliver. Uh. We didn't know. I mean, we thought... Come on, come on. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? That suit was a Christmas present. And if anything's happened to it, you little insect, I'll pin your ears back with your own teeth. Now, 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 now wait a minute, Tolliver. Now, this is all a misunderstanding. Now, now, take it easy. Now, calm yourself. Now, here, ha- have a cigar. Uh, Molly, give Mr. Tolliver a match. Sure. <laughs> here, Mr. Tolliver. Yeah. I know you like that cigar. It's a very expensive one. Mr. McGee got them from his cousin Waldorf. I don't care if he got... His cousin, Waldorf. So that's where my Christmas cigars went. Waldorf is my cousin. Oh. Yes, and it was Waldorf who gave me that new pinstripe suit. And you'd better do something. McGee. McGee, if that suit isn't over at my house inside of an hour, you'd better get in touch with six friends and an organist. (laughs) McGee. Huh? Don't look now. 
but I think you're going to have a new suit yourself huh? with two pairs of subpoenas. <laughs> the experience of going into a home that's so stick and span and orderly that it makes you feel good to be there, floors and furniture gleaming, woodwork free from smudgy fingerprints, no dust accumulation. You know it's true that most of us feel more comfortable and happier in a clean, tidy, orderly home. And what's more, we're likely to be healthier there, too, because a clean home is a sanitary one. Where there's less dirt, there's apt to be fewer germs. That's another good reason for using genuine Johnson's Wax paste, liquid, or cream in your housekeeping regularly because a waxed home is really a clean home. Don't forget, McGee. We're going to Summerfield next Sunday to visit Mr. Gildersleeve. I know. You going to wear your new suit? I think so. Did you pay Mr. Tolliver off? 125 bucks. Heavenly days. <laughs> Counting the alterations, that suit is running into a nice figure. Well, there's a nice figure going into that suit. Oh, stop it. Okay, good night. Good night, Doc. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.